I'm Chris Reback. Welcome to Quick Conversations, our podcast that explores the extraordinary world of global supply chain logistics, how it keeps business and life moving. Today is March 30th, 2020, and we're recording this podcast in New York City, the current epicenter of the coronavirus. Depending on when you're listening to this program, the virus's hotspots may likely be somewhere else. But wherever it's traveled to, one thing is certain. COVID-19 not only represents an acute, sometimes dire health concern, but also an unprecedented impact on our global supply chains as we know them. After all, how do you move business-critical high-tech components across borders when you can't move cross-border? How do you manage just-in-time deliveries when the airline routes you depend on can change, even be canceled at any moment? And of course, how do you keep your own workforce safe and active during a global pandemic? Those are just some of the challenges that Mike LaRusso is facing and solving every day. Mike is Senior Vice President and General Manager of Quick Specialty Logistics. He has worked on the financial and logistics management side of the business, so he knows how to keep processes operational during challenging situations, supporting the needs of businesses ranging from the financial services sector to healthcare, high-tech, automotive to hospitality and beyond. Mike took some time today to share how he and his team do it, keeping business and life moving even when it seems the whole world has stopped. As you'll hear from time to time in the background, we caught up with him in Quick's active New York warehouse. Before we get to Mike, though, a quick ask. If you like these quick conversations, I'd appreciate if you'd take a moment, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and if you're so moved, leave a five-star review. It'll make a big difference in helping people find the podcast. The Quick team has a lot to share. And today, as we face the current pandemic crisis, they want to make sure their team's insights and ways they can help keep business and life moving are shared with as many people as possible. That's it. Here's my conversation with Mike LaRusso. Mike, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for the invite. I hope that you and your family are staying safe and doing as well as possible during these very challenging times. Thank you. Yeah, they are. Um, hopefully the same with yours. Um, you. Everyone's taking those precautions, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's 24-7 and, and we're all doing it. You're doing it not only uh, at home, but also uh, with Quick and at the office. And that's what I would like to talk with you about today. For, tell me about your role. Why is that role front and center during this pandemic? Well, yeah, we have, we have four divisions at, at Quick International. Two are on the medical side and, and one is on aircraft on ground, our Sterling division. And, and I run specialty logistics, which is a little bit different. Um, there are some similarities in terms of the services we provide, which is next flight out, uh, deferred shipping, chain of custody. We do onboard couriers and charters. But we're not specifically in a aircraft on ground, let's say, or uh, just specifically medical. So if there's something that's kind of outside the box, um, it would probably roll to my division. And um, I have a team, uh, the managers who work for me are pretty experienced and, uh, and they've done some things um, you know, outside the box and are able to plan and, and, and do special uh, projects and move freight 
uh, differently. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that they have, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to talk with you about some of those specifics. But at the at the highest levels, um, how has your role and, and how have the roles of the folks on your team changed since the onset of the coronavirus outbreak? Yeah, I think things where, where we may have had um, some repetitive business, uh, where it was consistent and we kind of knew the destinations where freight was going to, we knew the lane segments where you know, the pickup delivery, and if there was uh, <clears throat> any type of uh, um, <clears throat> connecting flights, we knew those and, and had them in place. <clears throat> With the environment we're in now, um, those things are ever-changing. Uh, aircraft lift is changing. There's cancellations, not just um, internationally um, in, in certain regions like APAC in Europe. Now we're starting to see that uh, in the U.S. So um, <clears throat> we're a little bit more cognizant of that. And we have to be on our toes because routings can change in an instant where we may have had, um, you know, something uh, set on a particular lane with a particular aircraft and it could have been skidded material or it's palletized. And and all of a sudden that aircraft is now downgraded from a wide body to a smaller aircraft. So a 300 plus uh, passenger aircraft is now 120 or 150 passenger aircraft. So that limits the ability to put freight palletized freight on that aircraft. So we we may either have to break down that freight and send it in smaller shipments or find another alternative. So our guys are are constantly working that, making sure that we're satisfying our customers based on the destinations that that they need to get freight to, but uh, finding different ways to move that freight. And while most of us are working at home, you're actually in the office right now, aren't you? And I can hear activity going on back there. Um, <laughs> things are, I mean, think, things are things are moving 24-7 at Quick. Yeah, they are. And, and you know, not just our office, but the, the other divisions, the medical divisions, as well as uh, our aircraft on, on ground divisions are also, you know, 24-7. We have, we have people, um, you know, that are on, on staff and on site. Um, you know, where we have the ability to to have people work from home, they're 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 doing that. But there's certain, you know, logistical needs of our clients um, that we need have to have personnel here. You know, at our location, we're in a warehouse location um, to support that. So we're very careful about what we're doing, and we yeah. can probably get into that a little later. But um, we do have staff here, and we need to have them here to support our client. And it goes without saying, first of all, the warehouse noise that I'm, I'm hearing, you know, <laughs> keep keep operations moving. And secondly, if anything comes up and you've got a logistical, you know, emergency that you've got to go deal with, you just let me know and we will hit pause and we'll pick the conversation back up. But uh, I, I know that's, uh, that's what you're worrying about 24 24- Seven and what everyone there is worrying about twenty four seven. Mike, have, you're you're a creative guy, I'm sure by nature. Have you ever had to be as creative as you surely have had to be right now? Um, you know what? Um, at times we have. Um, you know, nine eleven that comes to mind where we mm. had to be creative and what was happening. Um, you know, and we'll have instances just on a particular project that we're working on with a client when something you know, outside the box happens where we have to react to it. Um, we have to put a solution in place, um, satisfy the customer, advise the customer how we're, we're tackling that situation and then moving forward. So um, this is challenging. Having challenging environment like this is, is having the personnel who are experienced uh, that can navigate these changes that are consistently happening and, and you know, a, they're able to come up with solutions. And, and it's 
and it's nice to be able to, to work with your customer and where they, they may think there's no solution or, wow, how are we going to do this? And, and we're able to come back to them and give them two or three different scenarios on how we're going to accomplish uh, what they need to get accomplished. Yeah, it, it sounds like those one-off, unbelievable, you're never going to believe what happened with this client stories that might happen, I, I don't know how often, once a week, once a month, once a year. It, it It's sounding like that's the continual business as usual right now. Like, oh my gosh, you know, you can't believe what we're going to have to try to figure out right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, in this environment too, where we're in a situation where it's not so much a financial issue. It's not so much a, you know, an issue where, um, you know, there's there's other reasons why we're, we're not able to move freight a certain way. This is, you know, a medical situation where it's impacting human lives and, and people who are getting sick. And, you know, some of the things that we are doing is is helping, you know, you know, mitigate some of those those issues and, and be able to help you know, our clients to, to navigate and keep their employees safe. So, you know, right. there's another extra added kind of, uh, you know, <clears throat> thought process. And, 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 you know, it kind of gives us an extra step, a little bounce in our step when, when we're putting these things together, knowing that, you know, we have a small impact in, on helping, you know, people that are out there. Let's talk about, if we could, geography. Um, I fully imagine that the locations you're focusing on now they're the areas that have, as of today, been hit the hardest by the pandemic. Tell me what you're seeing geographically and maybe some of the requests that you've been fielding. Yeah, so, you know, initially um, we were seeing an impact naturally in APAC, you know, China um, at first, and we have freight, you know, throughout all our divisions that, that move in and out of China. Um, also in APAC, Shanghai, um, <clears throat> Singapore, um, looking at uh, Hong Kong as well, Malaysia. So we started seeing an impact, you know, a couple months ago out of, out of Shanghai when we started, you know, seeing that the lift capacity was diminishing and then came to zero where, hey, we weren't, you know, we weren't able to get freight out, out, of, you know, out of Shanghai. So we saw capacity and we saw lift moving over to Singapore and Hong Kong and Malaysia. And we started seeing our customers uh, in those reasons, really start pumping out product. And normally product that would go on cargo aircraft, we were seeing uh, on an expedited basis because they needed to get as, as much production out the door as possible because they felt eventually uh, they may see what happened in China impact their region. So mm. we've seen that uh, in APAC. We've seen that slow down where all of a sudden flights were canceling, going into Europe, going into now the U.S., um, so we had to uh, to navigate that. Now, you know, it's come full circle. We see it here in the U.S. And locally, you know, I'm located in New York. Um, so we are seeing the impact, uh, you know, naturally it, uh, of this virus in, in New York being the pretty much the epicenter now of, of where the virus is located and, and who it's impacting. So those realities that you were seeing in Asia uh, just a few months ago, was that almost a, a canary in the coal mine for you um, globally? I mean, were you sensing or, or were maybe your clients and through their behaviors sensing that, wait a second, we see what's going on here. We see the impact. We better start doing uh, prep action elsewhere around the globe. And, and how, how effective were those preparations? Yeah, it's correct. So 
during this time period for several months, we were on the calls. You know, it, it's you know Singapore based on the time difference. They were in the morning. We were at nine, ten o'clock at night taking calls with them to go through routings and to talk about lift and to also talk about what's happening on the ground, um, which was great because we shared um, information um, and we were able to communicate that to our teams um, as well. It, and Mike, when did those calls begin? How long ago did you start doing those? We started doing those uh, at, at December. And wow. we, we've always done weekly calls, but then they started <clears throat> becoming you know, two a week. Um, and, and at times three a week in January and February, towards the you know towards the middle to end of February, we started ramping up and then moving freight because once once Shanghai and, and outbound out of out of China uh, was eliminated, you know we needed to to discuss resources and our customer was asking, Can, do you have the ability to do what we're going to throw at you? And, and, and we did. We had resources on the ground. We have a very good network that we worked with and. Um, you know, it's just that we communicated well, we, we understood what was coming, and uh, and we planned effectively to be able to support it. And, um, you know, for about a month and a half, we were we were cranking in those regions. And sure enough, you know, our customers in those regions and people on the ground, our agents, you know, um, <clears throat> did anticipate, you know, the lift to start diminishing, where airlines were starting to, um, to cancel flights outbound out of Hong Kong and outbound out of Singapore. And we still experience that now. We were planning as a, as a company and, and each of our uh, divisions have been planning uh, and discussing it you know, daily on, on what we need to do, what's happening in the marketplace uh, and how we're, we're going to service our customers as this evolves daily. Can I ask you a very practical question? How do you track flight availabilities when airlines are having to change their schedules nearly daily, if not more frequently than that? Yeah, our systems are tied into the airline system. So if there's a cancellation or a downgrade in, in any aircraft, we see it immediately. It comes up on our dispatch board. It comes up in our operating system. So, you know, you've got everything scheduled. You're, it's based on the best real-time data that you've got. And then all of a sudden, uh, airlines... X uh, cancels their flights from Paris to Munich. What, what happens now? Yeah. So if, if we see that, that there's been some type of cancellation in a lane, you know, what are our options? Um, we may move that product if it's going out of Charles de Gaulle to, let's say, to Munich. We may move it now into Frankfurt. Okay, and drive it an extra 150 kilometers if that's the case. Um, we'll look at a solution. Now, you know, there's, a, there's an example now we just recently came across where, you know, we have customers that are still moving product out of Singapore and out of Hong Kong. Um, we still have lift there, um, although it's limited, but we still have lift. And it usually moves to Charles de Gaulle Airport. We clear it in Charles de Gaulle and, and we on forward it to, to various cities within Europe. Well, we um, we had a, a, a shipment going into uh, Budapest for uh, for Hatvan uh, in Hungary, and we normally go through through Budapest and, and we deliver it. That's our normal route. Well, <clears throat> Hungary is not allowing any any flights, commercial flights, into um, their their country right now from outside of Hungary. So, hmm. uh, from Charles de Gaulle, you can't fly it in. Well, we said, okay, we'll drive it. You know, we talked to the customer. And said, yeah, go ahead, drive it. It's uh, you know. It's, it's a pretty long distance, but that's fine. Um, drive it. 
Well, now we're finding out that in Hungary, they're not allowing anyone to actually drive across the border either. So that's uh, strike two. Now we, we looked at two options. We can't, we can't do those options. Well, what's the other option? Well, we looked to see what other alternatives there are. Well, there's a cargo aircraft that they're actually allowing um, freight to be on and, and move into Budapest. So that was the next option. Um, we were able to get the piece on um, the following morning, a, a cargo aircraft that was, that was leaving out of Charles de Gaulle, and, and we're able to get into Budapest, pick the freight up there, and, and make final delivery. So, you know, this this was three, uh, we had two options that they didn't work out, and the third one did. So that's kind of how we, we go about it when, when things like this happen. And, and what kind of products are we talking about, whether it's in this specific instance um, or, or generally? Um, if yeah. you're able to say in this specific instance, what was it that you were trying to get into Hungary? And, and more generally, what are the range of products that you're, that you're talking about, you know, keeping moving during this uh, crisis? Yeah, usually it's, it's, you know, we're dealing with a lot of semiconductor companies. So they're either parts for semiconductors or they're parts for the, the, the actual machines that make uh, the semiconductors, and they could be parts for a particular manufacturing process for the automotive industry. So it varies depending on who the customer is and, and who the destination customer is. Um, but those are usually the uh, the products that we're moving in these instances right now. Now, you're talking about markets that are not new to you. I mean, you've been in these markets for years. You've been in Budapest. You've been in Paris. You've been in Munich, Frankfurt, Madrid, Spain, and, and around the world. Does that matter? Or, or does it matter that you've been in these markets for years? I think it's crucial because there are things that we've seen in these markets before, number one, and we know how to react to it. Number two, we have people on the ground in all of these locations. So we can pick up the phone and speak to our agents. We have relationships with our customers. We could speak to our customers on the ground in those markets and say, hey, what's what's happening? What's going on? What are you experiencing? So that's that's important where we're, we're making a phone call to an agent who's done business with us for 25 years, and they're going to tell us what's happening. And they're going to give us a solution because they understand what the business is. They've been working with us for that long. Um, so, so we're getting the information, so to speak, from the horse's mouth right on the ground in those locations. It's, it's crucial. And what are they saying to you? What, what, are, what are you hearing from them? Well, what's, what's happening on the ground? If, uh, if there's border closures, what are the other options? Um, you know, uh, talking to us about if there's cargo aircraft, talking about, wait, maybe we can move this into a different city um, and then drive it across. So we're talking to them about options, and they're giving us certain options that we can advise our customers accordingly. Let's talk about some of the businesses. I mean, you just mentioned some of the products, semiconductors, automotive. Um, you know, there may be others as well. Um, but among the biggest changes, obviously, over the last weeks, um, the number of people uh, who are not Mike LaRusso, obviously, but who are now working from home as opposed to uh, their warehouses in, in New York. Um, people who've never worked remotely before now have to be set up with technology to help them do their jobs. H how does that work? Yeah, that's interesting. And that's that's been something we've focused on over the last month. Um, and we do have customers in the financial fields, the banking and, and financial institutions um, across the, the tri-state area, basically globally. But a lot of those those companies are located, um, you know, up north in, in, in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. And uh, we've had a, a tremendous amount of requests for our ability to pick up uh, desktop units, laptops, et cetera, 
um, from certain locations where they have IT departments in these big institutions for us to actually pick up, sort, and deliver desktop units, laptops, cell phones to the personnel of these institutions that are now working from home or eventually will work for home. So, you know, in New York, there's been the lockdown, right? It could be, uh, you know, the company itself, the corporation is saying, hey, we, we don't want our, our, you know, our employees to <clears throat> work uh, in a building right now and, and be interacting with each other based on, you know, the situation and the environment we're currently in, in New York, in New Jersey. So they're asking them to work from home. Well, some of these individuals, naturally, they, they may not have a you know, a computer or a desktop, or they have a laptop, but it's a company laptop that's not set up to work from home. So right. um, we've seen these situations, and, and now we are, um, <clears throat> we're moving. I probably have, um, just out of the New York area now, we have between four to six, at times, eight routes just delivering this type of IT equipment to employees at their homes to support, you know, that that market where, um, our, our customers are asking us to, to get these units over. To so these am, I, am I imagining this correctly? Because we've all seen the scenes like, you know, let's just say a, a trading floor scene in a movie, right? We've all seen it. It's crazy and everyone's packed in and they've got their computers and everyone works what it looks like, you know, you know, 12 inches from each other. And you, you're kind of they're now obviously let's say it's a hundred person trading floor they're now disaggregated to their homes all across the tri-state or northeast area or whatever whatever region but you were just mentioning new york and in this area you're now having to disaggregate a trading floor or at least the the required components of a trading floor to let's just say a hundred different residences around the because they've got to stay up and, and mission critical for their functions. Am I understanding that correctly? Well, well, yeah. Um, we'll work with their IT team. Yeah. In, in terms of them, it, it could be <clears throat> equipment that they're currently retrofitting, or it could be brand new equipment. Right now, we're working on a project. Uh, it's brand new equipment. The first um, pieces of, of equipment that that we delivered were, were two monitors and, and a CPU. The value was over $6,000 for each one of these desktop units. It was for the traders immediately to get them up and running. And now we're moving product for uh, the branch office employees, the corporate employees. And, and up to now, over the last, I'd say, month to, to five weeks, we've done about 650 to 700 home deliveries. Tell me some of the other um, assignments that you've been getting. I, I, I know that Time critical deliveries have always been your focus, um, but today, obviously, time critical takes on a whole new meaning. Um, urgency is at a whole new level. So, talk to me about any other industries that you've been supporting. I mean, I imagine as well, healthcare must be at the top of that list. What, in, in, in perhaps as well, getting supplies to healthcare um, organizations. Um, t tell me about some of the other assignments you've been getting. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, another part of our, our company and specialty logistics, a division will support the movement of not just IT assets, but it may be a component where uh, there's an IT and there's a there's a desktop unit. But there could be a, you know, a, basically a, a unit where uh, the tablet goes on to a cart uh, and that gets moved into a, a particular location or, or a distribution. So, you know, for instance, <clears throat> starting uh, in March, we had a pretty large project 
uh, from one of our customers, Station MD. And uh, what, what it was is it was supporting uh, the Cerebral Palsy Agency of New York State. Uh, that, that agency received a grant and they were able to go out and, and purchase through Station MD tablets and carts, uh, associated carts uh, for these tablets. And, and what uh, Station MD does is actually this unit will go into these locations where uh, people uh, uh, that have intellectual and, and developmental disabilities live. But there's about 1,000 of these locations in New York. So it's not just uh, Manhattan, it's not just the boroughs, but it's upstate. It's completely uh, all of New York State. And this was a New York State um, uh, rollout of, of these medical devices. So um, what we were able to do is, um, is work with our customer, receive the units, and, and this rollout was probably going to be about a two-month rollout. But once the, the, the virus hit, we wanted to stay to the schedule and do this as soon as possible. So um, we were able to retrofit um, these units, build these carts, and what we would do is we would get receive the, the carts um, you know, from, from the manufacturer and actually build them in our warehouse. And, and about 50 to 55% of the facilities would receive a cart. Some of them didn't need a cart. They already had a setup where we would just come in and, and actually place the tablet, um, which would communicate with Station MD uh, in the facility. So our jobs were to create and, and, and put together these carts um, and then physically make a delivery with the tablet. There's uh, accessories, there's a stethoscope, there's a couple other things that are required. Um, and we would actually, you know, bring these into the facility, um, set them up, turn on the tablet and, and um, make sure that we can set up the Wi-Fi to make sure it's it's linked up to the, the system, to the computer system of Station MD. Yeah. And so they can communicate with each other. Um, so we've done that. Actually, we finished that project. Today is the last day with some of the, uh, the deliveries upstate. So we did over a thousand units and that supports 7000 people that are living in these facilities. I want to ask you about uh, your own employees and and the people that you interact with and the clients that you interact with. You just mentioned that you've been going into those facilities. Is that are they still open? Did they get did they get uh, locked down and and shut down at some point? And if so, how do you complete a project when you can't get physically into it? Yeah, um, that those are those are really good questions. And, and we've talked to our customer and. and we have talked to the, the people that are on site, the caregivers, to make sure that, you know, we, we ask those questions. Um, has anyone, you know, been infected naturally, number one? Has anyone been in contact that anyone has? Is there any risk at a particular location where it can put our drivers at risk? And just on the, on the flip side, too, just talking about this device, which is, which is important and why we wanted to get these delivered, you know, sooner rather than later because they're able to, to basically, the, the units are able to do telemedicine services. So instead of physically having one of these individuals, mm. if, if they were sick or, or there was some issue where you'd physically have to bring them to see a doctor, to bring yeah. them into the hospital. Keep them out of those situations. It's keeping them out of the situations. And, and I'm telling you, as soon as we were making deliveries, we were hearing from our customer that they're using the system immediately. An hour later, they're on the system talking about someone who was living in the facility and and they are actually what station md does is they allow them to talk to one of their doctors so it's telemedicine it's one of the station md's doctors they have the contract and they're able to to rectify the situation where maybe they 
they did not have to go and see someone physically, you know, have that person, um, you know, go into a doctor's office or, you know, or a, a hospital. You know, Mike, I, I don't want to, you know, get over dramatic. And so you reel me back. What you're describing to me now sounds like on some level, uh, you must feel like you're helping. You're right there helping keep people safe. I, I would imagine it brings a different sense about what you do every day. Yeah, and, and I think it's the overall company. When you look at our our uh, <clears throat> medical divisions, you know, our life sciences and stat group, what yeah. they're doing every day is tremendous. You know, and, and what we're doing on this project, our our managers here know that, our drivers know that they're making an impact, and it's really them. You know, our drivers are out there. Um, they're doing a tremendous job with with these projects, especially this one. They understand it. They get it. They do understand what this impact is and, and how they're helping. So um, yeah, it, it does. You know, it's it's a good feeling when you know, hey, you know, you, you could be helping a little bit. Maybe you you were able to uh, <clears throat> to help people who may not have uh, been in a situation where they they would have had to go to see a doctor as opposed to you know being able to get treated uh, you know right in the facility. So yeah, it's um it was nice to partner with Station MD. It, it, it was great, and you know we'll be doing some more of these projects going forward. And tell me just a little bit more, really just literally and down to the detail level, if you would, on your drivers, because, you, you know, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to your clients. You have a responsibility to your team members um, and to society. You, you know, you're out driving around. You've got to keep all parties um, safe. So so what are they doing? You've got a driver Driver's got something to deliver. What is that driver outfitted with? What are the what's the optionality that the driver has? How does decision making get done? Um, take take me through those those granular steps of safety. Yeah, and, and that's a good question, and and it's key for us because um, these 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 guys and gals are, are on the front lines. Okay, and and you know they're out there making deliveries, so there is a, a small risk that, that that they're doing every single day. So we make sure that they have uh, ample supply of gloves. We make sure that they have sanitizer. We make sure that they have a mask. We make sure that they have wipes, sanitizing wipes as well. We're talking to them every single day. Before they leave, we're making sure they have an adequate supply. Those who don't, we make sure that they do. That is important. And we are communicating with them throughout the day to make sure if they find themselves in a situation where um, they they feel uncomfortable where, hey, you know, we're hearing or the customer's advising that, you know, we're making this delivery and they're advising that someone may be compromised. Then we are, you know, doing different things in order to get that delivery off. We are not putting anyone at risk. It's very, very important to keep our, our people safe as well as our customers. Of course. What, what would be an example of something that you're doing differently, a different component to your uh, standard operating procedure to maintain that type of safety? I mean, obviously, you just outlined the gear that you make sure that they go out with. But, yeah. you know, th is there any steps in the standard operating procedures that, sure. that get altered? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're contacting the constantly the person who's receiving the delivery, uh, making sure there's no issues. If, if we have uh, an instance where someone and, and we have encountered where Someone said, yep, we, we, we may have symptoms and we, we're not sure, but we're going to get tested. So that was in an apartment building in Manhattan. 
uh, we were able to leave the, the product downstairs at the doorman site uh, and, and, you know, allowed, we, we were able to get a proof of delivery of the doorman, advised the customer that that's where it is. And the doorman said they are taking precautions on making deliveries as needed. So um, we talked to our client, uh, which was a financial institution, and advised them of that's what we are doing. And they were fine with it. They understood it 100%. So, you know, when we encounter these instances, we haven't encountered many of them, but when we do, we're able to to mitigate the situation and make sure that, that the risk is taken out of the equation. And I've, I've even been told that you've taken pictures of deliveries instead of getting a signature? We would just take a, a picture of the delivery at the site. That's it. We, we wouldn't... Um, we would not take the address at all, but just take a delivery of the site and then send it to the customer and the constant need to say, hey, this is where it's been left. Similar to what Amazon does, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you had to make deliveries to hospitals? And if so, what does that do with your drivers? Um, we had limited um, interaction by go- in terms of going to hospitals, but our other divisions have. And again, they're taking the utmost precautions. Um, talking to the hospital in advance, um, meeting someone uh, outside the hospital in some instances, or going to a certain area where they have sterilized a, a, a location where you can bring product in and out. So it depends on the situation and what hospital you're you're delivering to, but there's protocols in place to call up front and see what the situation looks like before we're physically making that delivery. You know, in listening to you, Mike, I know that the everyday standard operating procedure for you is to expect the unexpected. You're now in an environment where everything is unexpected. Um, Is there anything even higher than that? Meaning, do you get the unexpectedly unexpected? Is there are are there things that just come in even more extreme? How, How do you deal with that? Can you plan for ultimate flexibility, infinite flexibility? I think the fact that we have a history, we have a lot of experience, we've seen a lot, and not just with my division, throughout the company itself, um, where, where we are able to tap into resources consistently when things happen. And, and I think communicating with our customer is extremely important, right off the bat, where we see something that's an issue, because either a downgrade in aircraft, aircraft not flying, we can't get into a certain market. And advise them, this is what the situation is. <clears throat> either have a solution immediately or we're, we're working on a solution. This is what we think we can do, but we're, we're, we're going to firm everything up. And then go back and give them solutions. That's the key, is, is being able to supply them with options when this happens. Now, it could be an option where we're driving something 1900 kilometers but we looked at everything else and mm. we we may be able to get it on a plane um in a day or two days but everyone's fighting to get their freight on this cargo aircraft so you know here's another option we can drive it it's going to be you know 14 and a half hours but that's another option so <clears throat> i think it's important um to be able to supply those options we have good relationships with our customers. Our customers have been with us a long time, and they do lean on us and rely on us. I, I kind of think of us at times as a consulting company, which is mm. great. I, I love to get a call and say, hey, Mike, we have a situation here. What, what do you guys think about it? 
and, and we can offer solutions. And there are times the solutions are tough, but as long as we've explored all of them and we can explain to our customer what we've explored, why certain situations and solutions won't work, and we think this is the best one, then you know that's how we go. I mean, right now we're doing a, a charter aircraft out of Chicago for one of our customers. We had it originally set up as a direct drive out of Chicago going to, it's a, it's a large uh, automotive manufacturing company. I'm not gonna say who it is, but they, they do move a lot of electric cars um, and manufacture a lot of electric cars. And um, normally their product would be moved into San Francisco out of APAC, but right now you can't get flights into San Francisco, they're on lockdown. Yeah. So it's moving into Chicago, and we were originally going to directly drive it because there wasn't an urgency. It was a, about a 35-hour drive to final destination out of Chicago. This morning, uh, we got the alert, hey, you know what, that charter option you gave us, we want to go that way. We don't want to go driving. We need it there sooner. So we got the charter option, and the, the freight is probably getting loaded on the charter aircraft as I talk to you now. So we were able to offer that solution. Customer went for it. They made a change because they needed it sooner, and we were able to supply that solution for them. You were just talking about the customers, and obviously you're there for your customers. Every business lives and breathes for their customers. I assume that you're getting as well, though, some real positive stories from your customers. And I think there may have been one even in the, the food and wine industry. Was that what, what I had heard and, and uh, had some extra uh, materials? T tell me that story. Yeah, yeah. We, so we've, um, <clears throat> we've had the Wine and Food Festival as a client for probably over 10 years now. And, and we support their event that they have uh, usually in October. <clears throat> and they have a, uh, it's a charity event where they raise a tremendous amount of money and give back to the food banks and, and various charities, you know, in, in the New York State area. And um, after the event, we house uh, all of their inventory and some of the hard goods that they have that they'll reuse for next year. So we do an inventory of it and, and we store it in our warehouse here out on Long Island. And um, they had reached out to us and said, hey, you know, we think we have some some surgical gloves from from the event that we, we have an inventory, you want to take a look. So we're like, yeah, actually, we think you do have them. So we had two skids of surgical gloves. Um, they were mixed in with other freight. So we actually built one skid, and, and they asked us um, if we, you know, we can move them into uh, into the one of the hospitals in New York City, which is New York Presbyterian. And, you know, you get a call like that, um, it, it's, a, it's a great feeling to know that we can do something, you know, it's, it's very small. I mean, it was great that the Wine and Food Festival personnel called us up and, and said, hey, we have yeah, it was. something. And, and, and we were able to be like, okay, when do you need it? I, we have personnel right now that can bring it out there. They said, yep, let's set it up for tomorrow. Wow. Uh, and, and that's what we did this week. It actually went into the, um, <clears throat> into the hospital two days ago. So, uh, yeah, it was 53,000 um, gloves. Wow. Uh, that went in there and, and hopefully, you know, it, it's helping in a little way, but it, yeah, it was a nice, that's a nice call to get when, when you can help and, and do something pretty quickly and, and make a small impact. But because again, at, you know, people in the hospitals, the people who are working there, I mean, they're on the front lines and, and I mean, you know, yeah, we, we're all in, we're all in awe of what they're doing. Mike, as, as we wrap up and go back to our home offices and laptops on the kitchen table, um, you go back to the warehouse there. 
Um, what's a final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners? What do you want them to know when they're faced with fulfilling a mission critical shipment? Well, you know, in terms of the, the, the company that they're using, um, they, they should make sure that the company has experience. Uh, and I mean, in, in crisis situations, uh, they have personnel that have been there a long time and, and they can react and offer solutions when things change. It's, it's, it's very, very important. What's your message to them? Yeah, the message is, you know, give us a call. If you're not sure if, if something can be moved, something can be transported, just give us a call. We're, we're going to tell you what we can do, what we can't do, and find a solution. Uh, and that's what we've been seeing. You know, a lot of our customers, we've our existing customers, we've seen a lot of requests, and they they get it. They've worked with us long enough to know that we can offer solutions and come up with with various solutions when when things are are tough. Uh, but also, we've gotten uh, a lot of calls from from new customers uh, finding our information either online or word of mouth. Where we've gotten a couple of customers saying, "Hey, I, I know you guys have done this for X Y Z company. Uh, can you help us out?" And we've actually done some of those moves this last week for for fairly new customers. Um, just because they heard about our services. So, yeah, customers, um, just give us a call and, and and we'll see what we can do. We, we, we definitely have the resources and we are operating. Yeah, it sounds like it, if it's possible, we'll do it. And if it's impossible, well, we'll still probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I look at the team we have here and across you know, our company, Quick International Courier, we have just some tremendous people. And I'm not just talking about people in my position. I'm talking about the managers and more importantly, the drivers. Well, now, you know, you're in crisis situation and and you're trying to help people. We're getting some things out there that that may make an impact on their safety. And, and, you know, these people are out there doing it every day. And, And I can't you know, uh, thank them enough for doing what they're doing. It, it, you know, it's it's collectively all of us. It's not just a couple of individuals within the company. It's it's everyone who's involved in these efforts. Um, and that's that's why you know I'm I'm here, and that's why I come to work and, and look around and see what what people are doing. I we have guys in here this weekend where we've got a lot of deliveries going on to home offices, and and normally I mean we'll work weekends, but it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to be pretty busy, but that's what we do, and no one says a word about complaining. They're just ready to get the job done. Well, please pass on uh, my thanks and our thanks to them. Our thanks to you, and uh, I'm sure that your clients are are grateful as well, Mike. I hope that you and your family and uh, the whole team there uh, stay safe. And uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, your time and thanks for what you do. Thanks, Chris. You and your family and, and loved ones, please stay safe as well. That was my conversation with Mike LaRusso. My thanks to Mike for joining and you for listening. To learn more about Quick's global logistics solutions or to subscribe to our podcast, Go to quick.aero, that's A-E-R-O, slash podcasts.